One more before I leave the office today. Uh, question came in. But this is live right now. We should be good. The thing on the on the left is saying that it's working. All right, we're good. Uh, all right, one more before I leave the office today. Uh, question came in. I figured it's worth my time and effort to at least make a video so we can have contextual value on it. The question I posted it. Uh, I'm going to go back to the question for me for a second. And it just said. Um, Conduct a motor vehicle stop and have nervous behavior from driver and passenger. Pull out driver, question on whereabouts, and my buddy questions passenger about whereabouts. Both have conflicting stories and where they're coming from. Do I have enough for do I have enough to ask for consent or call for a dog, wait for the dog, just based on conflicting stories and nervousness? So this is a good question, and I think it's gonna serve everybody well for me to answer this. First thing I want to say is we created a reasonable suspicion checklist. I know I've talked about this before. It is a um a formidable tool in law enforcement. I suggest all of you go into the group, use the search function and put in like RAS checklist or checklist and you'll find it. You could download or you can go to our file section in the group and you could download from files the RAS checklist. I don't know how many numbers, how many things we have checked on there or how many, how many options we have, but I think it's in this, the ballpark of 200 things that you could be experiencing on a traffic stop that would build reasonable suspicion or uh, lead a police officer of reasonable prudence to believe that he or she is in the presence of criminal activity. So do one of those things make it criminal activity? No. Do multiple of them? Yes. How many? Well, that just depends. It's subjective to the court. People argue that it's an objective analysis, and we know for a fact that it's not. It's subjective to the opinion of the court. We know that in some counties, you can uh, get the benefit of the doubt much more than you can in other counties. So you know, got to have Reality of where you're working, understanding your state's case law, and then applying as such. So back to this question. There's other circumstances that I have to consider when answering this question. The first one is, is why is the car stopped to begin with? Was it a pretextual stop? Did you notice some kind of criminality prior to making the traffic stop? The reason I ask that is for this reason. Um, that's also going to add to your reasonable suspicion. Most people don't realize it, and I've harped on this plenty of times, your reasonable suspicion of criminal activity begins at the moment when somebody cites a law enforcement officer on the highway and begins to have reactions and have abnormalities and behavior changes just because they saw a cop, the threat, right? So that's when you got to start documenting your reasonable suspicion. On the traffic stop, as you see that car, as they pass you, as you follow that car, uh, as you collect your motor vehicle violation to initiate that stop and you collect well, you're still collecting data. That checklist should be going off in your brain like a stock ticker, right? Oh, that tick, tick, tick. And these are the things we want to memorize to articulate in our report. So by the time you get to the car and you separate passengers and the occupant from the driver and begin asking questions about departure and destination, which are acceptable questions to be asked even on a motor vehicle stop for just a motor vehicle violation, and you're getting conflicting stories, the question is, does that alone give you enough reasonable suspicion? And the answer is, I have a hard time believing that's the only thing that you have going on. So my advice is, get better at knowing what reasonable suspicion is and how to document it as well. So that will count towards it, right? That's going to be a big factor. Now, if it seems like there is some kind of miscommunication, what you can do is say, well, this guy tends to think you're going somewhere else. You're going to read all this body language. I have a funny feeling if you have conflicting stories, you probably have 
a lot more reasonable suspicion occurring at that time. But you can ask questions because of those conflicting stories to try to clarify. And when you go to clarify and they can't have a good explanation and they can't offer clarification on your question, that's what's it going to do. It's going to build your reasonable suspicion even further. We capture this on a video. We can show a judge, a prosecutor, a defense attorney, and a jury that, look, I mean, it was clearly a fabricated story. None of it made sense. Paramount and accompanying to this is, um, you know, to continue to train, but know your case law particular to your state. You know, especially uh, at a very minimum, know the U.S. Supreme Court case law dictating what reasonable suspicion is. But know it, you know, particular to your state. Read case law and see what cases uh, were good and what were bad, right? Which ones the courts gave dabs and accolades, the person who performed the job, and the ones where they said, eh, 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 that was no good, Johnny, trooper so-and-so, officer, deputy so-and-so, that was no good. You can't do it that way. You must do it this way. And look at the one that's, and then follow. You can model your program off of what the courts liked in this piece of case law. So this way, when you perform what they liked in this piece of case law, you can say, hey, I did what Trooper Jones did in this one. I did the same exact thing. If it was good here, it must be good there. You could never have too much reasonable suspicion. You must learn how to document it all. So that's my answer to that question. Hopefully it provides value to you. I know there's a lot of questions that go unanswered uh, when I give conversations like this or talks like this. Um, I don't want to give anybody too many, you know, I don't want to be vague for anybody. I want people to really understand that. If you're looking to take on-demand training, streetcoptraining.com, um, we got a lot of good stuff coming up, guys. Well, we really are not letting COVID-19 affect our ability to train police officers nationally. So, uh, oh, T-shirts are here, too. We can see those. See you later.